Welcome to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name's Tara Gleason, and I'm the producer. This week's podcast has been made possible thanks to the generous support from Herber Spouses Club. Welcome to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name is Susan Sellers, and I'll be your host for today. In addition to being a podcast host, I'm also a professional educator, curriculum developer, as well as researcher for the Military Child Education Coalition. I've been military connected for the last 26 years and have three teenagers who keep me very busy. Joining me today is Tina Boyle-White, a project director for CS for All. Ms. Boyle-White, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to be here uh, to enlighten your audience and, and inform your audience. So thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. And if it's all right, may I call you Tina? Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So for those that don't know about your organization, CS for All, would you briefly share about your company's mission? Certainly. CS for All, I mean, it's an amazing organization. Our mission, when we we look at CS for All, our our mission is really to be uh, a central resource for individuals and Organizations interested in K-12 computer science education, uh, we basically connect providers, schools and districts, funders and researchers uh, that, you know, essentially work together toward the goal of providing quality CS education to every child in the United States. CS for all, that's what we do. Well, part of your job is to foster partnerships with the JROTC programs, or sometimes referred as JROTC, across the country. I would, I'm curious, why did your organization decide to work with the JROTCs and schools? The whole initiative, I have to give credit to the thought person behind this. Her name is Ruth Farmer, and she um, was our organization's chief evangelists. And she had this concept as it uh, related to bringing, you know, according to our mission, and let me just just recap again, our mission is to make high quality computer science an integral part of the educational experience of all K-12 students and teachers and to support student pathways to college and career success. And so when you think about K-12 students, we wanted to have a narrow lens on high school students and you know when we start thinking about high school students the junior rotc infrastructure focuses on high school students and so having having the ability to focus on high school students we went right to the infrastructure of the air force junior rotc headquarters partnership Well, that allowed us to be able to have access to diverse populations, you know, with the majority minority student population of about 40% of the JROTC cadets being female. JROTC is strongly represented in schools serving economically disadvantaged populations. When you think about it, it's it's over 50% of those schools are Title I schools. And that is the population that we really wanted to get at. We wanted to get at the diversity. 
I'm not sure if you know about the tech fill. It's changing now because of so many progressive programs out there, such as ours, not to tout our program, but so many programs are focused on getting diversity in this uh, CS field. And so this program was no different when she thought about this. We really wanted to leverage, you know, the, the number of students. So when you think about it, there's approximately 545,000 junior reserve officer training corps cadets attending over 3,400 high schools across the U.S. And, you know, that's essentially a great population to tap into to increase that diversity. So when she had that thought in mind, she struck a gold mine. And we started with uh, the Air Force Headquarters Junior ROTC um, as a public-private partnership, and uh, it has been amazing. Well, it does sound very interesting. So you've partnered with the Air Force in providing this this initiative to um, JRTC uh, schools throughout the country. Currently, how many schools are participating in the program? Currently, um, in this first round of schools, which launched essentially right before COVID 2020, we launched with 30 schools participating in our uh, JROTC demonstration project uh, across the United States. And it's actually across 16 states that we are in um, 30 high schools and we go from coast to coast. Well, I think what strikes me is is really um, special about this uh, program that you've shared with us that maybe is a little bit more unique is the partnership itself with the junior ROTC. You and I have been talking about this offline, and I really liked your perspective about how you think that the, the JROTC is such a viable part of the school. Can you share with our listeners kind of why you think tapping into this this group is such an important element to the success of the program? Indeed. Um, when I talked about the, the diversity that we have access in Junior ROTC, it's just amazing. Many people don't understand the magnitude of a program such as JROTC. If I had it to do it again, I, I would be a JROTC cadet and I would probably be a ROTC cadet. Um, it's such a wonderful pathway for students to get that, you know, leadership, uh, citizenship. It's a, it's a great opportunity. And um, as we look at our schools that are associated across the South, um, the Southeast, the South, and Southwest, those those schools had that large amount of diversity, again, that I was sharing with you, that we leveraged, we used as an um, opportunity. And, you know, the students, the females, the students of color, underrepresented uh, socioeconomically, they have all said, you know, JROTC is a family. It's a family that we can be a part of. And unfortunately, many schools often put the JROTC program in a location in the school where it's remote, uh, remotely located in a school somewhere off. And I think the misnomer is that um, that the junior ROTC is just throw, throw, and I, pardon my words, throw away students. And in actuality, they are the leaders that are leading uh, to the next step of, you know, possibly military, you know, industry, they're ready. And so when we think about that group of students, it's just a great population to tap into. 
And we bring the computer science and the cyber as an opportunity to fill a gap that we are greatly in need of in the United States. And so when I think about um, what we've done with our public-private partnership, bringing industry uh, together uh, along with the Air Force JROTC headquarters, you know, and to name a few, some of our partners are Intel, Capital One, Google, Microsoft, Lockheed Martin. I mean, we have some partners that said, hey, we're committed to helping this group of students um, advance in having these experience around computer and com computer science and cybersecurity that we're we're so much committed. We're we're gonna walk alongside you, CS for all, to tap into this population. And so, you know, um with that being the case, we have industry and we have military. And so we want to reflect that in the schools by bringing the AP computer science principals teacher in relationship with the junior ROTC leadership such that they could introduce those students to these fields that we're trying to get them introduced to. You know, in normal high schools, large comprehensive high schools, the relationship with a counselor and a student uh, is one to 470. I had to fight that battle when I was in the classroom. I had to say, hey, counselor, here's my program. Here's an amazing program. However, it was an elective. And so understanding that fight, that one to 470 ratio, the counselor can't advise everybody into uh, a single program. So we have the relationship with the junior ROTC and the cadets where they can say, hey, cadet, you know, Johnson, have you ever thought about going into computer science? Have you ever thought about going into cybersecurity? Now with that one to 70 relationship, you know, with it being a family, you're more, you're more likely to listen to your, I'll do air quotes, your father or your uncle or your revered leader and or mentor to say, hey, as a cadet, Cadet Johnson, you know what I can. And then that way that introduces them into the class with uh, Mrs. Waters, who's teaching uh, AP computer science uh, principles. And then we have that integration where you are now having cadets in the classroom with other students who are taking AP computer science. We have that integration, we have that exposure. And then we have the potential for students to think about whether they want to go into ROTC, whether they want to consider the military, whether they want to consider cybersecurity, you know, the options just open up, not just for the cadets, but it opened up for the schools. And it's such a, a beautiful emergence of the relationship. Well, I think you touched upon a, an important element that uh, I think our listeners would benefit from knowing is that this program, once it comes into the school and it's partnered with the junior ROTC program, the CS uh, classes, the computer science classes are available for the entire student population. So thank you for highlighting that. But I have to say, I agree with so much of what you said from uh, the fact that, you know, your partners, they're, they're investing in the future. They're investing in um, these 
the, these young students because they see what they can do. They see the leadership elements. They see the discipline elements that yes. are there in a JRTC program. And, you know, JROTC, as we, we like to fondly call it, I mean, it is a viable part of the school. Um, Absolutely. And, and once those other classmates see that they've been elevated in terms of this program, I think then they start will, will start to also, if they aren't already, turning mm -hmm. to these cadets as leaders. And one of the things you said really just stuck stuck with me is you utilize the word family. And so often that's what we refer to the military community is that the military community is truly a large family. And I love how this program sort of encompasses those ideals because as you said, you're collaborating with the computer science teacher who's working with the Jay Rotsey instructor and that mm -hmm. these individuals end up becoming more than just teachers and instructors. They're mentors for these kids. They're providing them the exposure that maybe they wouldn't get um, for the opportunity to do something they never thought of before. So I think all of those things that you just shared really make this this program special um, from the way that you describe it. So I, I am curious for our listeners who want more information about this per, this particular project. I know, unfortunately, um, it's a very selective program and schools can't just ask to join. But if they wanted to get more information um, or maybe partners wanted to get more information for future collaborations, what should they do? Absolutely. You want to go to www.csforall.org. And my program is specifically listed in the tab JROTC, J-R-O-T-C hyphen C-S. And that will take you right to our page to learn more about our prog program, to learn more about our project, uh, to see some of our sponsors, to see cadets, um, you know, to think about some of the outcomes that we've already seen already and to, to get involved and, and to be a part of this amazing initiative. We are really excited and we invite others who are interested in learning more and being a part of this initiative, specifically uh, partners. And I do apologize that it is narrow and focused, but we, because we have to focus on the high schools. And so it's not a come and join. However, let me let me do 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 this. As an advisory consortium, we have what we call Capitol Hill Days. And we went and shared this year, last year was in person, this year was virtual. And we had the opportunity to share with some of our congressional members the amazing opportunity that the schools are having from this project. And we were able to see for the Department of Defense appropriations in the sums of $13 million. And next year, we want to increase it to $20 million for our fiscal year 2022. Now, here's where the opportunity may come. They are providing that, that those funds for, because they believe in the CS initiative, they're providing it so that it opens the doors for Navy, Army, Air Force, Marines to be able to enlarge the numbers of schools that we can meet. Your military family members just may happen to be in a range that we, you know, be it we get the funds and we look to enhance that. There might be an opportunity, and I certainly do hope so. 
the only thing that was a long answer to your short question, the only thing that I would say is just stay in touch and, and stay on our website because you never know where the next opportunity will become available. Well, I think that's great advice. And for our listeners, we will include that link that Tina shared with us in our show notes. And certainly uh, keep checking to see as this program starts to expand. But Tina, before I let you go, what makes this podcast um, podcast special, uh, at least to me and to a lot of our listeners, are the stories that our guests share. And I have to tell you, listening to you, I can tell that this is more than a job for you. It's oh, it's it's personal. And I would really appreciate it if you would share your story and maybe it'll give us a little insight on why this program is so important to you. So really quickly, and you know, we talked about this. It's amazing. It's so important for me. I'll, I'll tell you the end and I'll, I'll go back and lead you up to the beginning. I am an African-American female in the field of computer science as an educator with more than 30 years of military experience, committed and passionate about making a difference in the lives of diverse students. Um, it's not that I don't, any other student population that I don't care about, but I am extremely committed to making a difference in the lives of those students. The reason why my parents did not see a sixth grade, they were hard workers. I come from a hardworking family from the South. I was a first generation student who I was able to get into Marquette University under that program. And as a result of that program for, you know, it's a federally funded TRIO program and that's the name of it. I don't know the exact acronym, but it, essentially it allowed the opportunity for students from low SES backgrounds to be able to get a college education. I was the first and was the only one until now my second generation nieces and nephews are now reaching that that level but in between my freshman and sophomore year at marquette university is when i decided that i wanted to go into the military now i love education so much that i didn't do active duty nothing against that but i had that time to go in and i tell you over the years that i served 30 years from 1988 to 2018, that was the best time of my life where I was able to attain education, have experience, be in the military. And I promise you, they they had to say, this is it at my 30th year. And so the, the duality of military and my education has, you know, thrusted me into this place that I uniquely am one and only, and not to be boastful, that could literally serve in this role that was essentially created. I say this role was essentially created for me. Again, if you're tying the story, 30 years military, African-American female, first generation, low SES, you know, we, we were on food stamps and, you know, I didn't even know I was poor when we were young because my mother made life seem like we were poor, but I had all the you know, government cheese, uh, food stamps, but I didn't know it. Um, and so that's what I'm committed to, helping these students get the experience as well as certifications and to get in a field where they, this country is, is in, in deep need of talent to be able to counteract things like the colonial pipeline. That was a very front in our face example of why we need diversity. There's so much more that I could give you, but 
we we need diversity so that we can we can really make a difference there's thousands of jobs not enough talent to to do this and so you know this the beauty of all these partnerships to create talent is just the the beauty of this and my job I get to introduce students and give them opportunity to go in the field, get certifications, you know, go out and be able to become middle class because of this. And so when I think about it all, okay, let me calm down because I get so excited because I am so passionate about seeing students be in a different place and, and even military. So that's that's my story. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you sharing and I can just hear in your voice, Tina. I mean, it's obviously something that you are, as you said, passionate about that. It's truly a calling for you. And I think having your background and having your story, you're a mentor for these kids. You're an example of a first generation African-American woman who served in the reserves for 30 years and was part of an area in a field where women are not prevalent, or at least not during the time of computer science. So I, I think that just hearing your story is just as equally as important as learning about the program that CS for All is providing, um, because I think it resonates uh, for, you know, with a lot of military, military families, we, you know, we have to continually ensure that our kids aren't starting behind the line, but that yes. they're starting at the line when it comes to education. Absolutely. So what advice would you share to help military families with us? Yes, um, so I, I, I know I've never been active duty, but I know the military has so many resources, you know, the military library, and even if they're in the reserves and, you know, they're, but I'm thinking military families, I'm thinking on bases, utilize the library resources, utilize, um, you know, um, there's all types of programs out there. Find those resources, get your, get your children uh, programming uh, in a, in a programming mindset really early, you know, uh, learning how to problem solve, learning how to think critically, learning how to, you know, um, think in in an algorithm algorithmically uh, ma ma uh, manner. Let me say that one more time. Having them think in an algorithmic manner, literally step by step. And if we can get our children at a young age to start doing that it's only going to get better as they progress be, progress because you know early exposure getting them to start um at the starting line instead of 10 meters back like you just said will just only prepare them as they you know continue all the way from elementary middle school to high school to college you know if they are exposed there's going to be a likelihood that they will take a college course that the, the, the likelihood of students who've been is exposed is 80% that they will take a college course to get them in that position. And even if they do a course, you know, everything by the time, you know, if I'm thinking elementary, by the time they come up, they're going to need these skills. It's not even going to be, ex um, you know, an exception. It's going to be necessary. And so I, I would encourage families to look for code.org you know, an hour of code um, to ask the administrators on the school's uh, bases um, to, to, you know, be open to computer science and cybersecurity. I know cybersecurity is 
for higher age, but but getting them involved with anything related to computer science, um, that that thinking is critical. And so just look for those resources and just drop those seeds. You would be amazed. You know, our kids, you know, little kids can take a phone, if you understand what I'm saying, and they figure out before <laughs> adults. So they got it in them automatically. So we have to nurture that. And so encourage your administrators on these bases that you go to the schools to, to look into that, to integrate it. Um, and we have another program with CS for All. It's called uh, Script, a Strategic CS for All Implementation Planning Tool. And that's another initiative that we're plat, uh, you know, passing through the con con to the U.S. We want all schools to do this, you know, to vertically align K to 12 because it's a K to 12 process. My program happened to be high school. But if we can get all schools on a K to 12 vertical vertical alignment, it would be amazing. And we would begin to have the talent we need. Now, mind you, we're about 10 years off. And going back to the colonial pipeline, they're coming for the infrastructure of America, of the US. And God forbid that they take down our electrical grid, our financial grid, God forbid, we need talent. We need talent. Well, Tina, I really appreciate you coming on today and not only sharing about the, the junior ROTC program, but also your story, which I truly believe makes this program that you work for even stronger. Thank you so much for having me. You, you know, you just want everybody just to be aware. We, we have to be aware. And, just, and I, I would say the same thing for military families, you know, in, enlist your kids in the junior ROTC. Get them to do ROTC scholarships. You know, my females and my uh, females of color and my, my underrepresented, get them involved with the military. There's so much there. There's so much there. Those are two great fields, the military, computer science, and cybersecurity. I can't, I can't stop talking about the two. So, so there you have it. Well, I really appreciate you doing it. And for our listeners, you don't have to have Tina stop talking. She is actually going to join us on another podcast where we're going to uh, focus on one of the cadets that's gone through this program, through the uh, Jay Rotsu program with the CS for All. So stay tuned and please come back to check when we have that opportunity to chat with them. And for our listeners, as I said, we will include all the links that were shared today, as well as information about the program in the show's notes. You've been listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. You can listen to this podcast and those archived by topic when you subscribe and download at Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. MSEC supports all military-connected children by educating, advocating, and collaborating to resolve education challenges associated with the military lifestyle. Learn more about our partnerships, programs, and initiatives at militarychild.org and follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram for the latest on our enduring mission to serve the children of those who serve us all. Until next time, thanks for listening. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the Herbert Spouses Club. Meet spouses, get involved, help our community. You can listen to this podcast and those archived by topic when you subscribe and download at Podbean, iTunes, MSEX, all military connected children by educating, advocating, and collaborating to resolve education challenges associated with the military lifestyle. Learn more about our partnerships, 
programs, and initiatives at militarychild.org. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram for the latest on our enduring mission to serve the children of those who serve us all. Be sure to join us again next week. Thanks for listening.